Hey guys, it's Chris Bercher. Welcome back to Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. This is episode 55, The Bully and Your DNA, Part 2. If you remember, starting about episode 50, I uh, have been discussing and developing the R versus should problem, the idea that everyone suffers from and struggles with the person that we are and the person that we feel like we should be. And so I, I started with uh, talking about taking a personal inventory and figuring out what your values are and sort of putting everything out on the table and saying, when did I become a Christian? When did I become a Democrat? Why do I think this way? How do I really feel? Did I make a decision about this? Because as we go through the process of what Don Miguel Ruiz calls domestication, the time, you know, from the time when we're an infant, going through childhood, adolescence, and being a teenager, we the environment in which we live acts upon who we are and modifies that. It's, it's, everybody is influenced by that. Um, but our brains happen to be so sophisticated that we, are, we learn in our environments in a very passive or subconscious kind of way. And then many of us, when we become teenagers and sort of say, how come my family's so weird? Uh, and then again, uh, when we are older adults and say, how did, how did I get here? Why did I become a lawyer? I don't like this. What's wrong with my life? Who am I? What do I want? Um, it's a thing. <laughs> you know. So I think at two major times in our lives, we ask the questions. Uh, and maybe throughout our lives, and maybe some of us don't ever do this. The point is that I, I think most of us struggle from this, and most of us can benefit from understanding uh, really the who we are, the navel-gazing question, why am I here, you know, sort of pondering that, but in a constructive way that can help us unlearn some of the things that we have learned and maybe lose some bad habits and develop some uh, better beliefs and, 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 and thought processes and mechanisms and the way we treat ourselves better and uh, live a happier, more content, more fulfilled life. And in the first part of The Bully in Your DNA, we talked about how the manifestation of the R versus should, we talked about what the should is, and I described the should as being a bully, uh, a bully that's created by all of the rules and laws and norms and the prescription, the script of life that we're given uh, as we grow up and says, you're supposed to live like this. Uh, the, 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 the should often wins. And we are, and I and I argue that we're at a point in society today where the sh- the, the 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 resistance to the shoulds, the 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 flying of the freak flags that is the R, <laughs> you know, the who we are part is being more and more subdued, and the should part is being more and more pronounced, and that's starting to move from the individual level. Uh, because there are some benefits to following the shoulds. And the example I used last time was about a job interview. Sometimes modifying your behavior in a job interview can get you a job that will get you money that will allow you to climb the ladder. And in the rat race part of the world, the should actually, the should, living a should life can actually benefit you if the benefits that you want are things like power and money and, and influence and, and, and those types of things. Uh, and, and that as our race, as our species, not race, but as all the races, as the human species moves through time, we are creating a world that's more should-like and less are-like. And I will argue that this is not 
the way the majority of human life on Earth has been, if we make the assumption that human life on Earth has been around maybe a couple hundred thousand years, and only in maybe the last 10,000 years have we lived in big groups and become more sedentary and less uh, nomadic, if you will, and more agricultural and less hunter-gatherer, the majority of, uh, of the life, the experience of the Homo sapiens has been more in the R. And in the last 10,000 years, we have become more of the should. And I would just like, and I think that switch maybe created some cool benefits. We have iPhones, we can fly, we have fewer diseases, we have more food. Arguably, I'm not really sure that one's true. Um, you know, there's been some good things, certainly, that, has ha- that have happened. Uh, but there's also been a lot of bad things like war and environmental pollution and and different kinds of diseases and uh, the, 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 the difference between the haves and the have-nots. Um, so you could say it was a wash. My argument is that living in the R reduces the problems of individuals and of the planet. And, you know, in, in the, by episode 75, I may fall off of that. And, uh, and, and, and I may, through the process of figuring this out, uh, realize I'm wrong and I'm totally, you know, that would be kind of exciting. Episode 79, I was all kinds of wrong. And here's why. Uh, that'd be fine because I'll still have learned something. Right now, um, I believe that as individuals, if we can reduce the should and, and, and nurture and grow the R, we will live better lives. We will be happier. We will be more passionate. We will be more fulfilled. We will be less sick and more healthy. And then, and, and then simultaneously uh, question and, 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 and um, put, some, put some harness on the should and sort of learn what that's about and uh, be just be more discriminatory in how we allot our power. Um, because I think the societal rules and norms are running away with who we are. Okay. I talked a lot about the shoulds last time. I don't need to talk about that anymore. So this time we're talking about the DNA part. Now, why do I call the R the DNA? Now, this is a pretty complex thought process, but I'm going to try to summarize it because we we have to get it out there and it's important. I'm an, I'm an eco- I was a trained ecologist. I mean, in as much as I am passionate about personal growth, and I have spent 10 years plus learning all I can about personal growth, I'm not a licensed anything <laughs> when it comes to that. I don't have any degrees. I don't have any credentials, just experience in, in, in that world and the knowledge that I've learned myself. And, and so really, I will argue that I have some wisdom about therapy, even though I have no credentials. That's a whole nother episode. Uh, but when, the, when it comes to science and specifically ecology, I got all kinds of credentials. I can talk about this all day long. I got all the degrees you can get. I, I, you know, I did the job. I achieved all the levels, and then I chose not to do it anymore. But that doesn't mean it went away. <laughs> and so I will offer um, my explanation based on our understanding of ecology, which includes biology, um, you know, physics, uh, geology, Pretty much all of the sciences. I will argue that ecology is, you know, like philosophy. It's everything about that has to do with us or snakes or any kind of organism. So I see life, you know, at the very top of this whole chain that has anything to do with the R versus should problem, way up at the top where, you know, we're 
Humans are involved. Okay, well, once humans come into the picture, you got to understand these things about what it is to be human. One, DNA. Humans, in, 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 in my view, or in one model, are simply a biological package vehicle, if you will, that holds DNA. Okay? DNA is absolutely fundamental to life on Earth. You can't even talk about life without DNA. It creates it, it modifies it, it perpetuates it. Re, it you know, I, I will argue that the purpose of a human individual life is reproduction. And why is that? Because reproduction ensures that you deliver your DNA through time. Because your biological package has a very limited time on Earth, and that's, that's a travesty. I would not invest my money in something that expires in 60 to 90 years. I want to, I want to see some assurances that it will perpetuate through time, and that's where DNA comes in. I'll say, hey, I know. I'll take my gametes, combine them with another individual's gametes, and I'll get at least a, you know a pretty accurate version of your the DNA you're investing in me, and it'll be passed on to the next generation with a higher probability. That's life in a nutshell. It all comes down to DNA. DNA is in a, it carries it, you know, it's the blueprint of a human being, right? But that's good enough for today's conversation because I'm already ten minutes in. <laughs> um, DNA carries the information for who we are. Sure. On some benign and boring level, that means I've got blonde hair and blue eyes. I'm taller and thinner. Um, I have carry less muscle mass. Whatever. There's all these physical things, measurable, scientifically understandable things about me related to my DNA. But <laughs> way more than that, that we can't measure and really aren't that important, uh, maybe to a lot of people, that's in that DNA is who I am. Am, which is the same verb as R, right? So in the R, the R versus should problem, it's all in our DNA. And I will argue that in as much as the purpose of a human life is to perpetuate DNA through time, through reproduction, that's what we do. Another key tenet to validating the existence of of us as individuals and DNA of itself is to express the DNA. I am a huge fan of natural selection evolution. I fundamentally believe that DNA is involved in a process where it provides the raw materials to create an individual that will persist through time in a universe that's constantly changing because constant change is, might be the number one tenet. Big Bang happened. First rule, everything's going to change. All the time. That's, the, that's the, what exists now. Boom, particles. Those particles are going to change. The most fundamental thing. They exist. They're composed of matter and non-matter and stuff we'll never understand. And they're out there in the world. And they're going to combine and come apart. And nothing's going to be created again. Nothing's going to be destroyed. It's all just going to change form. And that is the backbone to existence, reality, the universe, whatever you want to call it. There's really breaking it down. <laughs> Somehow in all that mess, as a result of the change, DNA happened. Maybe it was magic. Maybe it was Harry Potter. Maybe it was God. Maybe it was Allah. I don't even know what any of that stuff means. Maybe, you know, there was an alien 
But it happened. It exists. And we can say, well, if we believe in this whole system and the way things supposedly happened, DNA is a result of change through time, which is what evolution is, that happened for some reason, which we can call natural selection. It persisted and wasn't uncreated and changed into something else and just went away and disappeared from the world. It persisted because it was good in the world, in the universe. I don't see how anybody can argue with that. You can add and, 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 and modify that story however you want. But the Big Bang happened. Change is, change is guaranteed. Change is modified by everything and whatever individual thing we're looking at. Somehow out of all that, DNA happened and continues to happen and has presumably happened for as long as we know. And it is designed to equip biology with the same knowledge and technique and machinery to continue to exist in the world that it evolved in. DNA realized that change is happening. So if we want to make something that's going to you know, create this emergent biological thing, then it's going to have to be equipped to change as well. Because we can guarantee that whatever environment this thing ends up being in, it's going to change. And if we create a recipe to create a very specific type of human that doesn't have the capacity to alter itself through time, it's not going to persist through time. And us as DNA is going to cease to exist and then we'll die. And then that defeats the fundamental reason for existence in the first place, which is immortality through time. That's a lot. I get it. But that's also the result of 20 years of my ecological training. I fundamentally believe what I just laid out. And I, I would love to have a discourse and figure out like what's, it, what's wrong and how we can modify that. But anyway, that's the R part of the equation. It's based in DNA. But it's not quite everything yet. That just lays the groundwork for how this all works. If you accept the tenets that I have just laid out, that DNA is the fundamental creator and um, per- perpetrator and uh, um, <laughs> okay, I'm out of words, that allows life to exist and persist, then what it does must be of utmost importance. And, at the, and so I've described sort of DNA's importance to biology through time at the species level and really across species. But at the individual level, what does it matter? What does it really matter? All we really need to do is be good enough to reproduce. If you follow the rules <laughs> that I've just laid out about why, why DNA is important and, and what DNA does, then us as an individual biological organism, as a human, all we got to do is reach the age where we create gametes and we can have babies, have those babies, and then, sp- and then spread it on. But that's not all the story. DNA is all about change which is what evolution is. DNA equips us with the machinery to adjust and ultimately adapt and and change itself. DNA DNA is presented to us as a gift, as an individual. The life that we receive is a gift that says, here's an awesome thousands-year-old script of life that made you. Your job is to 
modify this as you see fit in the world that you live in so that the next generation, it's not just to have a kid. It's not just to pass this exact thing through time because that's impossible. You have to breed and reproduce and that will fundamentally change those things. No, 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 no. We have given you this gift that we want you. Your job is to modify it as you see fit, as fits in your current environment with your mate, who you select and choose based on their DNA, and that what will arise in the next generation is a more fit, better, improved upon. It's like there's a mission, right? Somewhere in the Big Bang, in, in the, the existence of existence, from the beginning to the future, somewhere in there is a multitude of pathways. Layered on top of that is the idea that some pathways are better than others. Some pathways lead to nothing. Some pathways lead to Dormammu from, you know, Marvel Comics in, in some terrible scenario that's hell. Let's call it hell. Other pathways lead to, let's call it heaven, improvement. DNA, I mean, who's going to choose the bad route if you have a choice? There's a mission. We don't know what it is. It's beyond our understanding. But why not believe that the goal is more like heaven than like hell? That the future holds something beautiful and wonderful and amazing. And our job as a human is in part to take the DNA that we've been given and move it toward that goal. Why would it be any different than that? And how we do that is how well we nurture, foster, take care of the DNA while we have it. And fundamental to the molecule of DNA, in as much as it wants to perpetuate itself, it also wants to realize itself. And here's the whole episode in a nutshell. The, the goal of the individual in this life is to fully realize and express and live the information in your DNA to the highest degree possible. That's how you win. That's how you ensure that you select the best mate and create the best offspring or produce the best book or share the best story or influence the most people or whatever it is that you do in your life. It's all in your DNA. God, I hate to sound like such a conspiracy theorist or cult follower, but if you follow what I've said so far... The person you're supposed to be, the person that you are, not supposed to be, the person you are supposed to be is written in your DNA. The trick is to actually be that person. That's the R. And how you do that, one, is you do less shooting. Because the shitting is working against you. The closer you can get 
to understanding and nurturing and loving the person that you are, the more closely you adhere to the beautiful, wonderful, magical purpose, I can't believe I'm saying that, of the life that you've been giving, given, the more gratitude you show for receiving that gift, the more appreciation and awareness you realize for your ancestors who enabled you to get here. You are the result of the best lived lives. The least you can do is to keep it going. And that's why it's so important to realize the DNA that we've been given and to live the life that we're supposed to live. As dumb as it sounds and as guru-like and snake oil medicine salesman as it sounds, your life's purpose is to be who you are and to clear the way of all the bullshit that's keeping you from being that person. The norms and the rules and the laws that you need to live by or whatever facilitates that. All the, as far as I've gotten in this process is the golden rule. I can't move really past that. Treat other people as you would want to be treated. That'll keep... Stay out of your own way and stay out of other people's ways and love the other people and, and help them realize their DNA, <laughs> their R, while you're doing the same to you, to you. It, I think we will find, if I had the capacity to fully explore the options, we will find that the closer we live to this universal goal, the easier it all gets. The problems that we have as a community of human beings result from the shoulds. They don't result from us being ourselves. They result from us trying to be other things. We're our own worst enemies, right? The purpose of DNA is to create diversity. You being the unique person that you are is your contribution to that diversity. Diversity is the protection in a changing environment. A changing environment is the only guarantee that we have in life. This is starting to come together, and I hope that it's starting to make sense for you. But what I promise you is that throughout the rest of the episodes, uh, this idea will become more and more concrete. And I hope that you now have a basis upon which to build your thinking for the are versus should problem. The you and the bully in you, but it's all in you. And uh, in the next few episodes, um, we'll talk about more uh, reasons about why I think this is true and more about the what and the whys of the are versus should problem. 
Uh, thank you for spending time with me uh, for parts one and two of The Bully and Your DNA. Uh, I welcome your comments and uh, your feedback um, and any ways you think I'm wrong or right. I would love to hear from you. And you can comment on my YouTube channel or on my blog posts on my website or email me at kpluscwise at gmail.com. This has been episode 55, The Bully and Your DNA, part two. This is Chris Bercher for Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. I'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.